Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Hello and welcome to the Empire Rolls podcast. Preview show for one of the biggest games in our recent history against Brentford at the Medeski Stadium on Wednesday. But first of all, we're going to take a quick look back at the game against Stoke City, which was an absolute... Oh, Dire, dire, dire 90 minutes of football. But to help me talk through it, I've been joined by Jonathan Lowe from Berkshire Live. Hi, Jonathan. Hi, good afternoon. So that was a long journey for you, Jonathan, wasn't it? For not much, essentially. Yeah, it felt even longer on the way back, actually, yeah, as they always do. Um, yes, it was a very dire, drab, dour, many more forward, forward uh, adjectives to describe it. Yeah, it was pretty awful. Um, just like the previous two games have they've been there uh, with Reading over the past couple of years, all three ending nil-nil. Um, it just it's never really, uh, either side really, never really going, got into the rhythm of things. Um, the, the conditions weren't ideal, I guess, as well. Um, but all in all, it was just a very kind of flat performance. Uh, the only highlight being, I guess, being uh, keeping a clean sheet, um, at least one shot on target and um, obviously the unbeaten run continues so um, yeah a, a lot of negatives and, and a couple of positives um, but it's you know, you're not going to win them all and you, you take the point and move on yeah I guess yeah, the positive yeah. from that was just the defence looked very very solid they didn't give Stoke any real opportunities I know Stoke aren't great but we look very very stable now at the back don't we yeah very much so yeah I think there's a good um, I think all, all round it in the team there's a good balance to the side um, and I was thinking, actually, I guess apart from Tom Holmes, you've got everyone playing in their natural positions, um, which certainly you haven't had uh, at Reading over the last few years. And, um, yeah, but to be fair, Tom Holmes, he's done absolutely brilliantly. I think he's been one of the you know, the standout players of the season um, by quite some way, um, yeah, especially as, as he has been playing out of position. Um, and then obviously you've got Michael Morrison, that's that uh, you know, experienced figurehead, which is uh, guiding the, the younger ones around him. Tom McIntyre coming on, um, sort of leaps and bounds, you know, over the last few weeks, really. Uh, I thought we did really well like, up against Stephen Fletcher. And um, Omar Richards, um, you know, doing doing well at left-back as well. So I think that having that settled back four and obviously goalkeeper as well, 
um, is giving Reading that good, uh, solid platform base to build upon for the, um, the rest of the season. We also saw the reintroduction of uh, Yaku Mate getting a little bit longer as well, which I think could be a key situation going forward to the Wednesday match. But he had an opportunity late on. This is kind of classic Mate. He can score an overhead kick. And then a situation like that, you don't know what's going to come off. But he's still a fantastic player for us. Yeah, I think he, um, I mean, if, if they won the game, you could easily say he would have he changed the game. Um, he certainly shifted the momentum of the game, I, I felt. When he came on for the last half an hour, it's kind of his his direct running and presence. I think gave a, certainly the Stoke backline a, a bit more to think about, and um, yeah, just kind of gave uh, Reading sort of that, that sort of freshness and um, um, sort of creative side which, which they were lacking. And although they didn't create tons of chances late on, he obviously had had that moment. Um, and like you say, he, he's that player who can frustrate. He, he'll. Uh, He'll, he'll come up with that moment of magic and he'll also um, uh, waste a, a really good chance, um, you know, whether it's one-on-one or, or, or something where he should be at least getting hitting the shot on target. Uh, but that's what you get with Mate. That's what we, what we all expect from him now. And um, hopefully, I, I'm sure he will be uh, have a strong impact over the last few months or so. Um, you know, whether he starts every game, I'm not too sure, but uh, I think certainly he's a very useful player to have, have around. Um, you know, like, like we all know, he's, he's, he's a very good sort of presence, uh, good in the air, good with good with both feet, strong, and um, yeah, can, can open up space for other players as well. So I think it'll be a really good player to have back. Yeah, we seem to have now got some depth in the squad, not just kind of like physical players, obviously, but also quality there as well, which is key because we've had so many injuries and they've all come back now almost. We've still got Liam Moore out, but Pinevich seemed to be very happy with the character of the team on Saturday, maybe not with the quality when they had possession in the final third, but I think it is a sign of a team that's going for a promotion to not play that well at all, but still pick up a point. Yeah, very much so. I think, um, you know, they, they, they have uh, sort of the, the team, the team, you know, as I think quite fairly been labelled over the last few few years, really, that, that mentally that they're, they're really quite fragile. Um, and yeah, a lot of games, well, certainly some of the games this season, which were maybe draws, it would have been defeats, and quite possibly the, the one on Saturday at, at Stoke that they might have uh, wilted sort of late on and lost, end up losing it two 0 So um, yes, I think there is there is kind of a, a more sort of a gutsy feel about them. Um, there's a there's a yeah there's a good spine. Um, yeah, we've talked about the back line, but having Josh Lauren and Andy Rinomota uh, in front of the front of them as well gives them that sort of shield, uh, that protection. And um, and like we said, that gives them that base to to work um, to work upon going forward. So um, yes, I think there is there's much more uh, more of a metal about them side now. Um, and that's you know further enhanced by players coming off the bench and, and making impacts as well. So um, yeah, and there's, there's a lot of positive things going around right now. Yeah, totally. And it's brilliant. We've got a seven-match unbeaten run going into the game against Brentford. You're absolutely flying. 20 matches unbeaten. We all know they're awesome uh, in many ways because for the last few seasons, they've been right up there losing in the playoff final. But it's going to be such a huge match for us. And I think it will show whether we have any real intentions of getting to an automatic spot or whether we're going to, I wouldn't say settle, but that's maybe where we're going to finish in the playoff spots. What do you think, John? Yeah, I think it's a difficult one because I think uh, everyone was so high after that Bournemouth win, um, to, uh, was it 10 days or so ago? 
um, you know, they're really putting that emphatic performance and, uh, you know, myself and probably lots of other fans uh, were probably thinking that the top two is really on here. Um, and then, of course, they go and put that performance at Stoke and they're thinking, actually, probably top two is not really on and uh, top six is much more realistic. I think, uh, personally, the, the top six uh, is where they are going to end up. Um, and by that, I mean, obviously, between third and, and sixth place. Um, I, I think... Uh, top two is going to be too much of an ask um you know it's, it's not beyond the realms of possibility i think if they do, do do go on a really good run obviously take a few points off the teams around them as well then then they'll be in uh, with a decent shot but um i think the three for me there's still three standout sides uh, uh swansea brentford and norwich um you know they've, they've probably got similar quality to reading but maybe they're just slightly more consistent um and that's probably why they are going to be um, the, the top three sides, but Reading will certainly give them a, a very good uh, push. Um, yeah, they'll give them a good run for their money, and and um, you yeah, know Reading will be a formidable outfit to to face in the playoffs. Um, but I think you know unless that they go on a, a remarkable run, which which they are capable of, um, I think realistically uh, it'll be a, a playoff spot, which of course you know is something we only dreamed of last summer. So I think expectations need to be. Um, you know, maybe adjusted slightly, but uh, um, certainly, yeah, I think that they've shown more more than enough times that they are capable of, of that top six place, and they're deservedly so. Yeah, I think yeah. I'm just still slightly clinging on to the automatic spots, just because I'm so damaged by the playoffs, John. I think that, that is essentially why. It would be much easier, and uh, yeah, go, it would be much easier on, on all our heart rates, I think. Um but, uh, yeah, I mean, certainly, you know, if they win tomorrow night, then it's three points, isn't it, between uh, mm. second place. So, um, you know, if they can keep, uh, you know, uh, I guess kind of you want to be, I mean, uh, probably six points, maybe it's anything more than six points, and then it is pretty much impossible. But so if they keep a, uh, you know, a decent distance, then um, then who knows? But, um, yeah, I think for me, I think playoffs is, is most likely. Yeah, and that would definitely that would be a fantastic season considering where we were at the start. We we shouldn't look at that as a negative if that was to happen. Do you think we're going to see any changes during the game against Brentford? Because I fancy Yakumete to take the place of Michael Elise. Yeah, I I I'm thinking probably Mate as well, actually, but I don't know who would come out for him. Um I was slightly surprised to see John Swift taken off on Saturday um at Stoke. Because I thought he he was actually one one of the brighter players uh, on display, but then you think, as they've just started a run of seven games in twenty one days, then you know he is uh, certainly a player that they need to be uh, extra wary of. And I think probably probably in hindsight it was a good decision to take him off, just because we know what his hamstrings are like. Um, I, so I think probably Swift will start again. It's probably between Ajara and, and Elise, but and the way he's uh, Panovic has. has taken Elise out of the firing line sometimes then then he may well do it again um tomorrow I think you know the other thing is thinking about the Millwall game because you know weighing the two up obviously the Millwall game is the easier game so do you save your stronger players for that or go more out for the Brentford game and try and pull off the result um it's, a, it's an interesting one but I think certainly mate has got a very good chance of starting um and I think the other one possibly Andy Yeardom um only just for, for change's sake, really, because Tom Holmes has been absolutely brilliant and he had another very good game on Saturday. Um, 
I mean, just because Andy Yidom is fit and needs some more minutes, um, I don't think it'll be too much of a step down if he did come into the side um, and just give Tom Holmes a rest um, because I'm sure he'll get lots of minutes between now and the end of the season. So I think only that those two, I think, are the realistic changes. Um, obviously, you've got the likes of Alpha Smeda and Shane Luca who could come in as well. Um, and it, again, you know, you put out a slightly weakened side for Brentford to, to go all out for Millwall. Um, it's something that... Um, Panovich will think about, he obviously won't admit that, but uh, he will be thinking about that. Um, but I mean, I say it's most likely Mate and possibly Yeardon, um, and the others no doubt will come on for the final 20 minutes, half hour, try and um, stake a claim for a starting spot in the next few weeks. Yeah, I'll be very yeah. interesting how it goes. What is your score prediction then, John? Because this is a tough one, isn't it? We look at their form from Brentford, but. Are we going to kind of put some blue and white blinkers on here or are we going to go with our brain instead? <laughs> I on, I, I've read a few tweets this morning and, and someone said, uh, you know, it's, it's just formality that, that Brentford uh, are going to win and, and uh, all, all the indicators are that they, they probably will do. But then you think actually Reading are, are in pretty good form as well. Mm. They've won the last three at home. Um, you know, if anyone's going to stop them right now, then Reading is certainly going to be one of the sides. That 20-game unbeaten run is going to end at some point as well. So can it be Reading? Um, I think, uh, I mean, I've, I mean, it could easily be 2-1 Reading, 2-1 Brentford or 1-all. Um, I, I think all three results are possible. And I'm going to sit on the fence and, and annoy everyone and go for a 1-all. Oh, I, I, I sense that was coming. <laughs> you sent it was coming there. I, mean, it's, no, it's, I think gonna... it's a really, really tough one to call. It, it's just, mm. um, you know, with with both sides turning up on the day, which they probably will do, you've got two cracking sides going for it. Um, and, you know, it, it could well be down just who can provide that extra bit of magic, which, you know, there will be, be, be moments, I'm sure, uh, or possibly a defensive error. It's, it's, it's very difficult to separate the sides. Yeah, it is. I mean, we're fourth in the league. We shouldn't have any real fear, obviously. Yeah. I do think Brentford are a little bit ahead of us in the curve and their development because they've been hitting these heights for the last few years. But we do have the players in the team to create that win. And I'm going to stick with a 2-1 win. We'll see how it works out. But thanks a lot for joining us, uh, John. And you'll be back next week for uh, another one of the midweek previews. Okay, look forward to it. Cheers. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Hello and welcome to the Elm Park Rolls podcast preview show with Natalie Sawyer this week. And extreme, you must have seen it before on Sky Sports News and now with Talk Sport. How are you feeling about the game coming up and how are you feeling in general in this world, Natalie? Well, uh, let's answer the second question in this world. I'm, I'm all right. I'm feeling all right. Um, uh, in general, with Brentford, uh, again, very excited about this game coming up on Wednesday night. I say excited. As a fan, and of the seasons we've had of late, I've just I'm quite a nervous fan. So 
I will be very nervous come Wednesday when we uh, head to the Medeski. And um, yeah, I'm full of excitement at the same time and hoping that we can continue this fantastic run of form that we're in. But uh, in a way, because we're doing so well, I have that fear of what well, it's going to come to an end at some point. So every game <laughs> I go in slightly with slight trepidations, shall we say. Yeah, well, you are 20 matches unbeaten, though. I mean, I mean, I want, I'm going to bring this up straight away. We did go 33 when we went up and with the 106 season. So, you know, I've got to put it out there, haven't I? No, of course, of course. <laughs> got to bring it back to Reading. Um, <laughs> no, do you know what? I? It's unbelievable to have gone 20 games unbeaten. There's a part of me that feels like not more is being said about it. That, that mm. I think it's an incredible achievement. Obviously, it doesn't match what Reading did. Um, but there are still plenty of games to play. And who knows where we're going to end up or how it's all going to finish. But um, yeah, it's incredible. And actually, at the start of that sort of, of this sort of twenty-game run, I don't feel like we were playing that well. We were you know, playing well enough, obviously, to win or, or not lose. But it's this latter stage now where I'm watching us and thinking, "Oh, this is this is getting to the kind of Brentford I've been looking forward to seeing this season." Um, so yeah, I mean, incredible. I'm so proud of this club and proud of the achievement so far. But it's not done, and uh, you know, if we. Uh, have 20 game unbeaten run and then it all goes wrong after this then you know who's going to care about that 20 20 game unbeaten run come the end of the season so we've got to keep building on it really yeah you talk about kind of like the start that you had you broke up the bmw didn't you that brentford had last season incredible trio of players there mm -hmm. but now it's really coming together i looked at a table if you'd go from the first of november you'd be top of the league and a game of hand your run since then has been sensational. Um, Ivan Tony has been key in that. How impressed have you been by him? Oh, do you know what? What I love about Ivan Tony is he has come in under that sort of pressure, as you pointed out, the BMW, Ollie Watkins, who had scored, what, 20-odd goals last season. That's there was, Those are big shoes to fill. And especially as we had just got to the championship playoff final. So there's that sadness of missing out on going up. And then also the fact that we then lose Ollie Watkins. You're thinking, well, we need someone else. We need someone who's going to be of a similar ilk. And I think Ivan Tony has just come in and it's as though he's always been playing for Brentford. He has just slotted in easily, no bother at all. You know, to score 22 championship goals already is phenomenal. And, um, and it, the thing is, it's not just about goals. That's not his only job. You know, he drops deep if he has to. He, he'll drop deep to allow the other players to get forward. You know, he'll always cause problems for the defenders, make them question what they should be doing. But also his defensive roles are fantastic. So, yeah, I I adore Ivan Tony, as I adore every single Brentford player right now. But, um, yeah, he I just think he's doing brilliantly. Yeah, I'm talking about his assists and everything there. I watched the one he set up kind of like, big part of the first goal when he chests it off he's just oh. really an all-round player isn't he? I mean that's that's yeah. Premier League level isn't it definitely well that's it and and you know he has had his chances at other clubs where it hasn't unfortunately worked out for him um and obviously played for Newcastle again that, that didn't work for him and then um it was at Peterborough really where he picked up the last couple of seasons and, and really took to to life at London Road and yeah he it's his all-round game you're absolutely right you know he and he's not He's not selfish. It's not all about him. He knows he's a team player and he's there to help a team. He's not there necessarily to just be, be all about Ivan Tony. He knows that for for Brentford to succeed, yes, we need him to score goals, but we also need him to to be a, a team member and, and help out and, as you say, rightly, you know, put an assist and, and all the stuff that he does. And yeah, I, I just, I think he's tremendous. And I, 
think that the fact that he's been able to come in and just take over from Ollie Watkins and not think, oh, this is, this is, you know, a bit of pressure on me here. I think he's just loving life. Yeah, totally. I mean, we're talking about Brentford as a whole club here as well, kind of a little bit before we started saying how the whole setup's been brilliant. And Tony here saying the scouting at Brentford has always mm. been great. And it has. The, they do remind me of Reading building up to the 106 season. Just the whole club with the new stadium. It's just really set up for Premier League football. It's going to happen at some point, Natalie. It really oh is. Oh, my God. Don't say that. <laughs> um, yeah, do you know, I mean, that is obviously the aim. Our owner, Matthew Benham, that's that's why he wanted the new stadium. That's why he understood that to succeed, you, you, you do unfortunately need to move out of some of the, the older grounds, let's say, because they don't offer the, one, they don't offer the allure to some players. They don't offer the the um, corporate hospitality side of things that also help you to make money that also can be put into the squad, for example. Um, so yes, M Matthew Benham has always been a progressive owner. He's always seen a bigger picture and he's always talked about when we're in the Premier League and when we're playing in Europe and all that sort of stuff, you know. And sometimes that can be fairy tale. You get, most owners will come along and say something like that. But you've always believed it with Matthew Benham. And that's probably because of, as Tony points out, our slightly unique I say unique, maybe a slightly different take on the scouting system. Um, the way that obviously Matthew uses his own business to try and find players as well. So, yeah, um, we're very fortunate to have an owner who truly backs the club and also is a fan um, because, he, you know, he's he's grown up being a Brentford fan. And, and it's this is not just, you know, a toy to him. This is he's a fan. He's a supporter. He wants the club to do well, just as we all do. So yeah, we're very lucky in, in how it's all set up right now. And the new stadium is fantastic. The only sadness is that none of you have got to see it yet, but um, you will do in time. Fingers crossed. <laughs> yeah. My uncle, who's a Brentford fan, has went to one of the games so that they had the test kind of games in the league and just absolutely loved it straight away. Because obviously he's been going to Griffin Park for, I don't know, a thousand years. He's so old now. <laughs> he listens to this at some point, but <laughs> it's kind of, yeah, it's such an incredible thing. I mean, I know in the world of COVID and everything, there's far worse situations, but to leave your old ground, Griffin Park, and then not have that final day there, that's, oh. that's really harsh to deal with. Oh, goodness me. It's funny because the final game that, that we were all allowed in Griffin Park was uh, the 5-0 win over Sheffield Wednesday. And uh, if you ha were at, at Griffin Park in the last season, you may have seen there was a board where they used to take numbers down to tell you how many games left were at Griffin Park. And I got to take down, I ha it just so happened that I was the one that took down that last number, if you like, when all the fans were there. Obviously not knowing that this was going to be a bit of a momentous day and that this was our finale, our, our, fa our, our farewell. And I took my son as well, who isn't a massive football fan, but, you know, he's sort of learning a little bit more and more and is, is becoming more of a Brentford fan. Um, so he remembers it fondly. He remembers it well and even remembers saying to me before the game kicked off, it was going to finish 5-0. And I'm thinking, you're like a nine-year-old boy who doesn't really know about football. It's never going to finish 5-0. And it did finish 5-0. So um, what do I know? But um, so, yeah, really sad. We never got to say goodbye. Um, I know they did. They, they did do little tours. Um, once the season had finished mm. for fans to go around and at least get to see where you sat or stood or whatever um but it's not the same is it because they had planned a proper big farewell and we didn't get to, to have that unfortunately um but the good news is we have this wonderful new stadium that hopefully everyone will get to go to and hopefully everyone will say wow it's completely different but it's a wow in a good way
Yeah, totally. I mean, you look at the games that you could have had there this season as well. I mean, you got to the semi-finals of the League Cup. Obviously, yeah. that was where Tottenham, but it could have been there. And the thought of having a Cup semi-final there would have been just incredible for you, wouldn't it? Oh, no. oh goodness <laughs> me. I mean, in a way, I'm kind of thankful that we didn't have it at home because it would have made it even worse mm. to think that, you know, you've got a, a sellout crowd not being able to enjoy a League Cup semi-final for the first time. Um, I mean, yeah, a tremendous achievement to get to that. To, to get to that stage and you know even to knock out Newcastle as we did and Fulham as we did at home you know all these games that we've missed out on it is heartbreaking but every club has gone through it unfortunately um, and uh, we just have to hope that next season it'll all go back to normal we'll all get to enjoy it and who knows maybe we'll get we'll go one better in the League Cup next season because now we're you know we're one of the best four sides of the competition so surely we've got to go better <laughs> Oh, yeah, definitely. That's how it's going to work out, Natalie. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> We've all got to have dreams, though, haven't we? And uh, if you look at Brentford going forward this season, they just look so unstoppable all over the pitch. I mean, it's a massive game coming up on Wednesday. I'm trying mm -hmm. to find any weaknesses in their team, and I just can't find any. Can you just find some for me, please? Well, <laughs> I'll be honest. I mean, defensively, we've not looked... Oh, ace, shall we say. We've not looked 100%. I mean, they brought in Winston Reid on loan from West Ham, which is so unlike Brentford. One, to go for a, an experienced, say, veteran, but also to bring in a loan player. We don't do that anymore. We haven't done that for, for a number of years. Um, but it was a case of needs must because Pontus Janssen has been injured and we just needed a bit more cover. Um, so defensively, we're a little bit shaky. But the thing is, even like as we did against Middlesbrough, you know, we concede early on and Bristol City most recently as well. We concede early on, but you always have this feeling, it's all right, we can turn it around because going forward, we are so potent. Um, but yeah, I, listen, it's difficult to call any game, isn't it, in the championship? Um, the way we're playing, we are unstoppable, but there's always one game where someone can come up come up with the goods to stop us and you know when I look back to that game that we played you at um, at the Brentford Community Stadium you were really uh, injury hit weren't you because for a part of the season you've had a lot of lot of injuries and uh, it, so it was a probably an unfair battle in that game um, yeah. and it wasn't a Reading when I when I played you I thought oh, you play all right but I'm surprised you're as high as you are considering but then obviously you have to bring in the injury factors um, so yeah I think this is going to be a really difficult one difficult one for us to call and it's not going to be easy for us to just turn up there and, and expect to roll you over shall we say yeah definitely going back to the game we were missing players like Bulldog, Mate, Swift oh. these are big players for us yeah, in the big players in the championship so yeah yeah no absolutely you know and if when you've got the spine of your team missing it, it's, mm. it's a huge problem isn't it so we have been quite fortunate with our injuries yes I, I mentioned Pontus Janssen and we've had a couple of players in and out but we also do have quite a good strength and depth, it feels, at the moment. So any players that we've kind of lost for injury, we've been able to sort of slot somebody else in in that position, and they have taken to it. I mean, one player in particular, Tarek Fosu. Yeah. Oh, Ex-Reading as well, I was going to bring him up. He's really, yeah. yeah, we released him when he went to Charlton, and he's kind of maybe developed off the pitch as well. And I think mm. that's probably helped in that spell. But I was going to bring up, he's played a lot against you this season. How's he doing? Yeah, you know, he's been brilliant and he has, I would say, been so versatile. He's playing, um, in the last game, he was part of our front three on the right, but he's played as a wing back, as a full back, as, you know, he's played in different positions and every position he has filled, 
it's been easy for him. Um, I say easy, not that's not to say that easy against the opposition, but it just looks as though it's been easy for him. It, it, it's not been an issue at all. I, I think he's been a great addition. Obviously, we got him from Oxford last season. Um, and I, yeah, I I think he's just tremendously well. And often when we get asked, you know, who's your man in the match? I'll often say Fosu because I just think he, he's a bit of a menace, really. Mm. Uh, speedy. And him and Ivan Tonia, I think, have this must have a great friendship because you can see it on social media, the way they interact with each other. But they work so well together as well. So, um, yeah, he's done brilliantly. But I didn't realise he'd started at Reading. Yeah, a lot of our fans would be really gutted to hear that, Natalie. <laughs> to be quite honest. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> they won't be surprised, though, because he always had talent. He came on and made his debut against Derby a few years ago. It was really spectacular. And then after that, things just didn't work out for him. Oh, really? But sometimes they need to move away to develop. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Some, for whatever reason, the setup mm. or whatever it is might not just fit for that player. It doesn't mean that they are... A terrible player. I mean, we go back to what we were saying about Ivan Tony. You know, he has had a couple of clubs he's gone to where he's unfortunately not lasted at that club like Newcastle. But now look at him. Newcastle will be crying out for a player like him with the way things yeah. are going for them. So, yeah, sometimes you do. You just have to move away and start again. And there's another striker on the pitch, though, coming up on Wednesday night, and that is Lucas Jow. That is a competition mm. of the best striker in the Championship. I'll put Lucas Jow up against anyone. But Ivan Tony is a real close match for him. That is going to be a really interesting kind of scenario. I think whoever comes out on top of that match on Wednesday will be the team that wins. What do you think on that? Well, absolutely. I um I watched the Reading Bournemouth game and I I remember thinking, oh, this Lucas Shaw is he's good. He's a handful. Uh and he could cause us problems, like I say, because defensively we have our issues. Um, we can sort of occasionally switch off at set pieces. I don't feel I should be telling you all this. I'm giving away <laughs> secrets. But no, we we have had a few issues at set pieces. Um Wickham, oh my goodness, Wickham exploited. Mm. I mean, I know it sounds ridiculous because we won the game seven two, but you know, it was 2-2 at halftime and there's no way that Wickham would have thought coming out of the second half that they're going to concede five. Now, yeah. we weren't at, at our best, but it, that's not to say that we were, uh, that Wickham were brilliant and we were terrible. So they, you know, it, it was just a funny game at first half. We couldn't really get into it. Wickham were just, I thought Wickham were really good and didn't perhaps deserve to be where they were in the, um, in the table uh, based on that first half. But then second half, we did come out and it was a very different story. Um, I'm not enjoying that message. I'm very good at set pieces. <laughs> yeah, no, I thought I'd put that in there because, yeah, we are exceptionally yeah. good at set pieces. We've scored so many goals and not only scored them, but come close in virtually every single match. Yeah, it's a funny one because we just, I don't know what it is. Like I say, we, we just don't seem to be that confident. I'm not confident watching us when it, when there are set pieces going into the box. David Rea is brilliant most of the time. Sometimes, though, can be a little bit erratic and can flap a little. Um, I'm going to be Saturday against Middlesbrough. Oh, my God. <laughs> Bless him. But then again, you yeah. know, he then pulled off some terrific saves in that game. So, you know, it kind of out, outweighs the other. But, um, but yes, like I say, that would be our one weakness set pieces. Uh, so I'm not looking forward to that. And that is something I have to say in the first half against Wickham, we conceded both our goals, I think, from free kicks. And second half, it was a case of, you must, I imagine Thomas Frank must have said, stop giving away these silly fouls in dangerous positions, which is kind of what we stopped doing in the second half and, and Wickham weren't able to exploit us any further. But um, yes, hopefully Brentford will have done their research and know that you're good at set pieces. <laughs> We're not good yeah. at set 
defensively, so don't give away silly fouls. Yeah, this is a game when uh, I think it's going to be decided on fine margins. I think if we get the lead, we're very, very good when we get the lead. But I worry with Brentford that they look, like you've said before, so potent going forward. If so you get a third goal, yeah. it's dangerous. It is. And and actually, like I pointed out, you know, we've conceded early in, in a couple of games recently and we've still gone on to win and, and win pretty comfortably. Um that said, like I, like I mentioned, it's a very different Reading side that we're taking on than, than we did before. Um, when you're in the position that we're in right now, in second in the automatic places with that 20 game unbeaten run, you're there to be shot at. You're there for everyone to try and get to you. So, you know, Reading don't need that in, extra incentive because obviously automatic is all they want, like every club. But um, there are just these little things, little extra, little extras that you can no doubt uh, try and try and ruin it for Brentford. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know the pressure when you're in this situation because you've come close so many times now hmm. and you don't want to tempt fate. You kind of think, oh, surely this year. I think you will do it this year. I think you will go up. Hopefully Reading do as well at some point. But if you could pick any player that you could sign for Reading magically right now, which one would you go for? Ooh. Oh, that's a tough one. Who would I sign from Reading? I mean... I think it's always nice to be able to share goals around. So Lucas Zhao is not bad. <laughs> I'm not, it would be a different system, I suppose, that we might have to employ. But, um, you know, takes the pressure a little bit off Ivan, Tony. Ah, well, listen, if you can have more goals in your team, you, you're going you're gonna to win games probably. So, yeah, I'll take you, Lucas Zhao. That seems fair. <laughs> yeah, thanks for that. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure you would. Yeah, that would be a perfect backup for you, wouldn't it? I'd be kind of like, yeah, I would like Ivan Tony, but I mean, he's such a player. Same here from Alistair. Brentford will see us because when people come on to us, we're good defensively. Um, yeah, I think that's true. We counter-attack very well with Elise yeah. and Ajaria. Maybe Mate will come back into the team. What is your score prediction then, Natalie? Oh, How do you think oh. it's going to go? Oh, goodness. It's the awful question, isn't it? Nobody it is, isn't it? I know. Uh, it's, it's always a nightmare in these games. <laughs> it is. I mean, obviously, I'm going to go Brentford win. Uh, mm. I think we will concede, and I'm going to say it's probably going to be a tight 2-1 win. 2-1. OK, I'm going to go for optimistic 2-1 win to Reading. You expect nothing less, would you, really? I mean... <laughs> I'd be shocked. I'm going to go for a Brentford win, but, you know... <laughs> Yeah, let's hope so. I'm mean, going to be really, really tough. And I just wish it was on TV so we could watch it properly. But oh, it's not, I don't know why it's not. I mean, it's such a shame, really. It's ridiculous, isn't it? Um, yeah. that, I mean, what, fourth against second? It's brilliant. On paper already, it's brilliant. So, And, and they are two footballing teams. So yeah. it's really intriguing. I just wanted to ask you, though, um, yeah. Paunovic, Velko Paunovic, when he first came, were you all like, who is this person? Or, I mean, it's incredible like, how the how he's transformed Reading. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah. You have to Google him and look up who he was. <laughs> it's the classic thing, isn't it? It's like, okay, this guy at Chicago Fire. Yeah. And then the first thing you see is he's won the Under-20 Cup, uh, World Cup with Serbia. And you think, okay, that might work with the young players. <laughs> then you look up his MLS and you think, Chicago Fire fans don't <laughs> even want him. And you no, think, alarm bells are going off all over the place, Natalie, yeah. all over the place. Yeah. And then you see the start we have and you think, okay, something's building here. We have the dip. And then you think, we actually look way better now than we did in those first seven or eight games. And what he's done is he's brought the young players together. We've got a system that is very consistent. We make very few changes. And we're all as one. And right. that is the key to any club, isn't it? Yeah, of course. I mean, you can see that with Brentford out on the pitch. They are. It's, you can tell it's a proper group 
a proper unit there. And uh, yeah, I mean, absolutely. I think everyone probably says the same. They would have Googled Paunovic and then looked at that CV and thought, why would you go for him? It's an extraordinary choice. But obviously the owners and everyone who's made that decision have decided and have so far picked well because he, mm. Reading is certainly one of the surprise packages, I would say, so far this season in the championship. And I, like many others, would have thought, well, you've started off all right, but you're just going to tail off. You're going to tail off. And that's not happened apart from the little dip. But you still, I don't think you've really been out of the top six, maybe bar. No, very, very uh, small period we were out of the top six. Yeah. yeah, no, none of us believed this would have this season. None of us. Uh, if your Reading fans said that we were going to have this season, I'd worry they were alcoholics, basically, in September. <laughs> Because there's no chance. No. Just so unlikely because essentially we've made one real signing from last season, Josh Laurent. He's been fantastic. Yeah, so really, this is really what I was going to say as well. It's, it's kind of the same team. Nothing's mm. really changed. And that's what I don't, I can't get my head around it. But, you know, like you say, he's, he's obviously worked on maybe the mental side of things as well and brought everybody together and goes to show just how important that is to be as one. Um, and it clearly hadn't worked with previous managers, but wow, it's paying dividends right now. Yeah, totally. And one last question. Who apart from Tony should be reading Afraid of from Alex? Oh, um, well, yeah. So, okay. Apart from Tony, you, Sergi Canos, uh, he has, I think, scored like five or six goals in the league. I mean, Ivan Tony obviously gets, has, has got the headlines because he has scored 22 league goals. And, and perhaps apart after that, you're coming, coming down into single figures. But um, yeah, Sergi Canos has been a handful in a couple of games most recently. Um, as I mentioned, Tarek Fosu, Josh De Silva, brilliant. He drives in through the midfield. Um, would love him to have a few more goals to his name and perhaps take a few shots from outside the box because he can. He's got a great left foot. But um, for whatever reason, he doesn't as often you'd like him to. But you know he could score. And he's got recognition recently this season by being called up to the England under-21s. So he's another terrific player who's come from... Um, a Premier League side, so came from Arsenal as a youngster. They wanted to keep him, but he wanted to go in search of first-team football and has come to us, and year on year is just getting better and better. So, I mean, I could go on and on. I think they're all terrific. They really, really do. Rico Henry, another one, our left-back, fantastic. He is, I mean, he just oh runs down that wing. He is so speedy, and again, he'll run and then cut inside and oh, cause all sorts of problems for teams. But um, yeah, we're, we're quite blessed at the moment with the team that we have. And yes, we don't have our BMW. We miss that sort of flair of Ben Rama. Uh, but it, it feels like right now we are clicking into another gear that we've lacked uh, in the early part of this season. And, it, you know, hopefully that means for Brentford, we're going to go on and get that promotion that we're aiming for. But you'll be joining us anyway. You'll come with us. So it's fun. I like that, Natty. I like that thought. <laughs> I'm a nice person. We could all work together on this. <laughs> yeah. There's Brian Muemba as well. He just absolutely tortured us. In yeah, the community stadium. Yes, Brilliant. he did, actually. Do you know what? You're so right. Because I, I happened to be at that game. I was helping out with the Brentford comms team and that's probably the first game of that season that I thought oh, this that's the Brian of old um and I, I understand why maybe it's been a bit difficult for Brian and I'm only reading into it on my part I don't know this is fact but you know when you do see your two front teammates leave and move to the Premier League must be a little gutting remember him he's still very young what 21 22 um and obviously then have to go through you've gone through the heartbreak of the playoff final your two teammates have left uh 
you're that so that BMW has been broken up and you're just the M that's left. Um, it must be a little bit heartbreaking. So I think it did take him a little bit of time to kind of get over it and, and maybe a little bit of exhaustion, like a lot of players may well be feeling. But now again, he's he's picked up and he's coming back to being that that Brian and, and Burma that we all love. <laughs> totally. Here's one that's from a very Reading base. Oh, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> no, we're going back too far too long. No. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to read this one out. How much does a Curitan goal still hurt <laughs> in Brentford? We all know that as Reading fans when that is. And you can see the reaction there from Natalie. It's not a positive one, is it? <laughs> of course not. How can I ever talk about that goal positively? I remember I can picture Oh, I love goal. talking about it. I could go on about it for oh, hours. Yeah, absolutely <laughs> good. Um, yeah. Uh, gosh. I'm so, do you know, I'm so bad at remembering years, so I can't even remember what year this was. Was it early? What was it? It's 2002, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Something like that. Um, yeah, I remember I was sat at Griffin Park. I, I remember how I felt when the goal went in and the full-time whistle went, you know. Um, it, it was hideous, you know, because we went ahead first, didn't we? We scored, is that right? Yes. Yeah. yeah, and a lot of the players that played for Brentford that day ended up at Reading. Yes. So you had Sidwell, Ingemarsa, Sonko, loads oh. of them. It was just ridiculous, wasn't it? Yeah, that's There's a picture. Inga Marson, I, I adored Inga Marson at Brentford. I, I oh, we him. remember Reading. Yeah. I know. He's a bit of a legend, <laughs> a legend for you guys. I remember actually that summer, we had like a Brentford, I don't know, it was like a summer thing and it was on the pitch, bizarrely, but you could just walk around on the pitch and the players were there. And uh, I remember going up to Inga Marson and, and sort of saying, you're not going to leave, are you? And obviously <laughs> they say the same thing of no, no, and then he did so it was a little gutting but um, I do I do remember that game in fact I think I remember I brought a friend down who who football fan but not a Brentford fan not a Reading fan and uh yeah she I think she regretted coming with me because I wasn't in the best of states afterwards <laughs> but uh, yeah thanks for bringing that one up <laughs> yeah that's no problem and it's one where do you think Reading will end up uh, this season oh Gosh, Chris, that's a very difficult question. Um, like I say, I don't think anyone expected Reading to be as high as they are. I think everyone would have assumed Reading would be mid, sorry to say, probably even mid to bottom half of the table because yeah. that's how you've been the last few seasons. And add, add in a new manager who doesn't know anything about the championship, doesn't know any really anything about English football, and you're thinking, well, this is this is not going to be a good marriage here. No. Um, but something has happened, and you've pointed out some of the, the, the reasons you reckon that this transformation has happened for. Um, I, I think you're going to be up there. I do. I think you'll be the top six minimum. I really do. I, I, I can't say anything more than that because I don't want to jinx it for my club. But I do, <laughs> I do think you're just showing consistency. I know you had a dip, but you're just showing that, you know, you know when you do lose you'll come back and you'll bounce back so i just think yeah you're, you're a tough tough nut to crack and i met like i mentioned i watched that bournemouth game i mean bournemouth had no idea how to stop you i thought you no. were tremendous in that game yeah one last question and what is easier hosting a show on talk sport or homeschooling <laughs> <laughs> oh, talk sports show every time. Uh, crikey, we've been doing fractions today. Uh, oh. And oh, honestly, I mean, I'm I'm sat there and I'm thinking I don't remember doing any of it. I just don't remember doing it, whether I blocked it out or whatever. And I, they put provide you with these videos of how you're supposed to do it. Mm -hmm. I, mean, I watched them with my son, and and 
And I'm there like, I still don't get it. And these are supposed to help you, these videos. <laughs> I still don't get it. So yeah, I'm not I'm not great when it comes to maths. Never been very good at maths. I, I'm not bad at the other stuff that we have to do. But yes, as soon as I see we've got maths and fractions, it, I'm just oh, my my heart drops. Everything's like, oh no. But um, do you know what? I, I'm very blessed. We're very lucky that none of us have been truly affected by COVID. Um and as much as homeschooling is hard, takes up all your day, I, I, I love being with my son. So I'm quite lucky, really, that I'm getting to have him 24-7. <laughs> no, that's amazing. Thank you very much for joining us, Nutty. I really appreciate your time. Pleasure. Absolute pleasure. I say best of luck the rest of the season, just not on Wednesday. I'll say the same back to you. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers.